life knocked you down, taken the wind out of your sails? Does your outlook appear gloomy right now? Hey, could you use some encouragement for your soul? The Bible says in Hebrews 3.13, but encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called a day, lest any one of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Good morning and welcome to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. I'm the pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries. From His Heart is heard every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time right here on this great station, American Family Radio. Well, today we're very excited to welcome America's Minister of Encouragement. You say, who is that? It is Dennis Swanberg. Dennis, welcome to Real Truth for Today. Well, it's great to be on the phone with you, Jeff, and I just thank you so much for including the swan. Well, uh, I appreciate you coming on. So let's talk about that moniker that you got, the America's Minister of Encouragement. How did that come about, Dennis? Well, you know, uh, you know, people try to, you try to identify your gifts. You know, I was a in the local church and pastoral role for like 22 years. And in the midst of all that, uh, I recognize that uh, my spiritual gift as, as a proclaimer, you know, of the truth is uh, mercy. And uh, you want to administer mercy, you know, encouragement with uh, joy, uh, with uh, laughter, uh, you know, that we're, you can deliver it to folks, and they appreciate it, and they can walk away going, man, I needed that. And so I've always uh, had a sense of humor and, and tell stories, and, uh, do impersonations, and uh, that would get my foot in the door, you know, to speak to folks. And with humor, I could lighten them up, you know, just like the Bible says, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. And uh, so finally the day came when I said, you know, I was 41, it was 1995, and uh, I'd been pastor at First Baptist Church, West Monroe, Louisiana. And uh, I said, you know, I've always wondered, could I be sort of like a Jerry Clowers out there? Could I be <laughs> like a great nut, you know? And, and uh, you know, I asked my wife, Laura, I said, baby, what do you think? And she said, I think you can do it. And I went, yeah, you do? <laughs> so <laughs> we stepped out wondering if we could do it, and... Uh, here we are, you know, 27 years later, and uh, it's been it's been a good ride, and still getting to encourage people. And uh, now that his day is drawing near, and so you know, I, I've been blessed to do it. Yeah. You know, I, these days, I, I have old preacher buddies and evangelists tell me, you know, now they get swan. When you did that, we all looked at each other and said, "He ain't gonna make it." Oh wow! Uh, but but okay. I had a, uh, I the Lord just. You know, open doors for me. I mean, the day the day after I resigned, uh, the next day, Doctor Dobson uh, played uh, one of my cassette tapes that he had that someone had given him, and it just you know, you know, boom! Talk about right. timing. Yeah. And then I met him six months later, and just things fell into place. People have been good to me. Uh, a lot of folks I won't know about till I get to heaven, and. And uh, I hear Paul Harvey say, and now the rest of the story. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll go, well, I'll be doggone. Yeah. So anyway, it's been good. And, uh, you know, I hope hope 
that's my mission. I want to go and encourage people, use humor to get my foot in the door and help lighten folks up, let them laugh. You know, there's a, there's a season for tears, but there's also a season, you know, for joy and laughter. And there sure uh, is. And people need that. We don't need to lose that. You know, during the COVID and all that was a tough time and we've lost friends and, and we've seen the results of it, uh, you know, but it's a time for laughter too. So laughter is, I'm right now I'm seeing wherever I go, people are ready to get out. They're ready to laugh. They're ready to get plugged back in They're They're trying to get over uh, the last two years. You know, it's, it's had its repercussions on it. Yeah, it, it has for sure. Okay, so Dennis, you're you're just a little bit older than I am, but when you started in the ministry, your first pastorate was what year? Well, I started as a youth pastor at Columbus Avenue Baptist Church in Waco when I was a student at Baylor my spring of my freshman year in oh. uh, 1973. Okay, and, and you—I'm sorry, go I ahead. I was a youth pastor, and then I was a associate pastor in— uh, in when I went to seminary in Southwestern, and then my first pastor was First Baptist Church Rogers, Texas, just east of Temple, Texas, and those folks were just the greatest. And then I was pastor at First Baptist Saginaw on the north side of Fort Worth. I tell people seven miles north of Billy Bob's. <laughs> that I okay. wanted to go. My people wouldn't let me go. They went, but they said, "No, preacher, you can't go to Billy Bob's." <laughs> what was Billy Bob's? A honky tonk. That was. Just a honky tonk, you know, kind of uh, country where you ride a mechanical bull and oh, okay. country music, there's a little bull ride. So we always had fun with that. Then from there, I went to uh, Second Baptist Church, Hot Springs, Arkansas. And then from there, 1991, I went to First Baptist, West Monroe, till 1995. Okay, so Dennis, I mean, you're the way God made you to be very funny and encouraging and that kind of thing. But really that people probably didn't see the pastorate as being that. And so was, was that, did you run into some conflict there? Yeah. You know, there's always folks have their ideals and expectations of what a pastor is, what he should be, what he should be like. Uh, for the most part, uh, ever, it was a lot of people in, enjoyed it. You know, uh, they didn't know maybe a pastor could be funny. But, uh, and I didn't use as much humor as I do now, uh, right. that, that, that would have gotten old pretty quick, but I always <laughs> have, have funny, uh, have some funny most of the time. Now, sometimes the text would, you know, really allow it, you know, it, well, right. certain, certain things, but, but a little humor, uh, it just gives a little spice, a little intro. It lets everybody get on board. You know, my favorite. I would watch my favorite evangelist that I'd come that ha- I would have come to my church with those guys that you know they could start off with a story and they got everybody on board everybody started smiles and laughed and then all of a sudden then they got you right and so, you know a little bit of humor it is good now some some will say uh, my old school will say uh, well I remember when I was in preaching uh, class seminary uh, one professor said, he said, well, George Truitt at First Baptist Dallas for 47 years never used humor in the pulpit. And I thought, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long time wow. to not laugh, isn't it? Ugh, ugga, ugga. 
I'm yeah. sorry. So, but I ended up being doing over fifty something banquets for Doctor Criswell in, in Dallas, and and I would do Doctor Criswell. What are you going to imitate me? I said, <laughs> yes, sir, Doctor Criswell. God bless you. <laughs> so, and and they were a great church, and they loved humor. And they'd have me back all, all the time. And I still go back uh, with Robert Jeffers, who's my friend. He and I did our doctorate together and been longtime friends. But because there's a there's a place for that humor. But so it, it, it was my drawing card, you know, because I could meet people quickly. Uh, they wanted me to come speak at the Kiwanis when I was a pastor, the Lions Club, the Rotary. It, it, it gave me an avenue quickly into the community. In some ways, I told somebody I was more popular in the community than I was in the church sometimes. <laughs> uh, but then church folks, and I love them, uh, they're my heroes. Church is where it's at. Uh, they want a pastor that's theirs. You know, he's ours. Right. They don't always like sharing. And so no. I always had to fight that deal if I was invited to speak banquets that I'd have, I would have my some of my parishioners go, well, he's gone all the time. I don't even know if I die. I don't even know if he'll be here when I die. <laughs> or, and then you'd have that sweet little lady, and he gets paid, too, when he goes and speaks. He's double dipping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going, well, good night. Well, duh. But anyhow, so finally, I decided uh, at 41, you know what? I want to just uh, let a church, they need, you know, I don't want them to have the perception that they don't have a pastor or shepherd there all the time. Right. And, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go and do this full time. And, and, you know, all these years later, you know, I would do a hundred, there was time, you know, for years early on, I'd do 150, 170 events. Uh, oh, wow. Now, As a pastor? No, when I left the pastor. Oh, okay. So if I'd have done that during the pastor day, the swan would have been a goner. <laughs> I, I'm all in favor for him to go say I. I'd, I'd have been gone. No, that was after I left. So that's that's still a lot. That's a lot. It's still now, a lot, but it's what I do. And you know, I told my wife, I said I'm sort of a glorified truck driver. You know, uh, get to stop and speak somewhere. Yeah, uh, there you I go. Love, but I've, I've enjoyed doing it. I, that's the thing I enjoy. The, tr- the travel enjoy. doesn't bother you? Not that bad. It, you know, it's, I'm getting a little older. It slows, you know, I'm, I'm a little slower, you know, taking my time traveling. But I enjoy it. Uh, I like the newness of it, the new people, this place. And I love to leave the church, leave the group, you know, encouraged, lifted up, where they go, man, I needed that, you know. Uh, I, I needed that. Oh, Swan, I had a friend of mine, uh, Steve Brumbelow. You might know him. He's a pastor in uh, in South Houston, but he said he was an evangelist for a long time, and he said it, it was a lot more fun to love them and leave them than to love them and stay. Yeah. I tell you, the sheep, you know, sheep can get cockleburrs in their wool. They, they get into, uh, you know, a creek, get muddy. They, they don't like to be sheared once a year. You know, uh, <laughs> no. and so, you know, uh, they, people ask me all the time, what do you miss about the pastor? And I said, I miss the in-depth 
relationships. You know, I, I, when I'm at a church and I see uh, that young little fella come up to give his life to Jesus and the pastor, you know, they all pray. They're close because he knows them. He's been watching them grow up or that young couple. Uh, I miss those in-depth relationships, but I don't I don't miss the business meetings. You know, I, no. don't, I, don't, I don't miss the committee meetings, but that's that's a, that's part of it. But, well, now, when you uh, were in the pastorate, especially at, in, not to mention church names, but the, your last pastorate, um, I was told by, you know, we have friends on staff here that that are your friends, that uh, you had to uh, break down some walls there, and, and it was, uh, you weren't necessarily everybody's favorite guy. No, you know, uh, sometimes if you lead, uh, if you're a leader, uh not ever not everybody's going to just necessarily follow you or like what you say or do or a decision you make but some decisions you have to stand strong on you know uh you know I want the doors open to everybody mm-hmm. and uh, and sometimes there could be at that time a few in the church that's sort of the tail wagging the dog and uh but I I shed light on it. I said, everybody's going to be welcome here. Uh, I'm going to baptize whoever comes to Jesus. I don't care what their background, color, this or that is. And But you know what? Uh, we came through it, and uh, I, I'd have some come to my office, call me, and go, well, you're going to lose some money. I said, well, of course, I was in my 30s. I, I didn't know any better. I said, well, God doesn't need your money. <laughs> yeah good but you know what God honored that decision and uh, we went over budget back then it was back then it was like a million two budget we went over over it like 200,000 they couldn't believe it God God honors uh, taking that stand and correcting some things and sometimes it's a different pastor that addresses different issues in the church, you know, and that's the one, one that I did. Uh, right. That made some people happy and some not happy. Uh, maybe that's why, uh, not that I was a great leader, but, you know, uh, you know, I lasted about four years at every church, I tell people. Amen. Tell well, God used that for sure. You're listening to Dennis Swanberg on Real Truth for Today, and I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go away. You ever make a change and then think, why didn't I do this years ago? Well, that's how people feel about switching to MediShare for their health care, especially now with inflation the way it is. People are very happy with the savings. Most families save about $500 a month when they switch. It's a huge help when prices are going up so fast in so many other areas. And MediShare's customer satisfaction rate is double that of health insurance. It's just a different experience, and people really like that. MediShare is an alternative to health insurance. It's a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills, and it's been going strong for over 25 years. It really is the gold standard, the most trusted name in health care sharing. Find out why people love it. Find out why they rave about the customer service and find out how good it feels to save some money right now. They're super easy to talk to. Here's the number. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. They say actions speak louder than words. Here at the American Family Association, we take that to heart. 
AFA Action is here to inform and help you get involved in cultural and moral issues. You can also sign up for our AFA Action Alert, which will inform you about these issues every week by email. To sign up and for more information, visit us at afaaction.net. Why are you still sitting there? If you want change, it starts with you. Washington Watch advances a culture where human life is valued and religious liberty thrives. Hello, this is Tony Perkins, host of Washington Watch, right here on the American Family Radio Network, inviting you to join us each weekend for the weekend edition of Washington Watch for the latest from our nation's capital on what is happening as it pertains to faith, family, and freedom. You'll hear from policymakers, congressional leaders, and others each day, 4 p.m. Central Time. Be there. And my father, your great-grandfather, fought in World War II. Really? He was a gunner on the big ship out in the Pacific Ocean. Wow. Your great-grandmother did her part, too. Was she on a ship? Oh, no. She stayed back home. She and a lot of her friends worked really hard in a factory because the men had gone off to war. And they held scrap metal drives to help in the war effort. The folks back home were heroes, too. Here at the American Family Association, we consider you the heroes back home. As you fulfill your responsibility of caring for your family day to day, your partnership with us is crucial as we fight the enemies of freedom in America. Thank you for your commitment to the American Family Association. Grandpa, what's a scrap metal drive? Let's get some cookies, and I'll tell you all about it. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. I'm talking to Dennis Swanberg, Dr. Dennis Swanberg. He's known as the Big Swan, and he is a busy, busy guy as America's Minister of Encouragement. As Dennis said in the last segment, Proverbs 17:22, a merry heart does good like a medicine, and God uses Dennis as he travels around the, the nation and around different parts of the world and, and shares encouragement with the body of Christ. And so, uh, Dennis, I got to ask you, because you're, you're very well known for your ability to impersonate famous people, um, was that always something that came easy to you? You know, uh, when I was in high school, I'd imitate my coaches, my teacher, my principal, and it just came natural. And, you know, of course, I grew up watching Andy Griffith's show, and, uh, you know, and so I'd watch old Barney Fife, and, and next thing I know, I'm going, nip it in the butt. You know, I mean, <laughs> I picked up old Barney, this body's a least for what? And, uh, I, I, you know, so then I'd try it out on my buddies at school, and they said, man, that sounds like us, that I'm not. And then I'd watch Green Acres. There's the then next thing I knew, I was doing Mr. Haney on Green Acres. <laughs> and so then my buddy said, well, who else can you do? I don't, I don't know, you know. I, so then back in those days, Monday Night Football began. Howard Cosell, no doubt about it. You know, Lanny Dawson back to pass, throws the bomb to oh, Tess Taylor. And then <laughs> Muhammad, what about smoking Joe Frazier? I want Frazier. I want him. I'm going to whoop him. I'm the cougar. <laughs> so, so I would do that. And my coach put me up. Uh, we'd won the state championship that year in football against Odessa Permian. And, and uh, 
So for the big banquet, Coach said, Swanberg, can you come up and do a few voices? And so I got up there. The speaker that night was to be the Lieutenant Governor, Ben Barnes, and he was having some political issues and all kind of issues, but and everybody was tense about him speaking, but they weren't going to invite him. And the uh, coach got me up there uh, to lighten everybody up. Well, I did it. Well, ever, if everyone needed comic relief, and they just rolled. And it was mm-hmm. the first time I'd ever spoken publicly to it being funny. And I thought, man, these. And you, you were a high school funny. student. Yeah, I was a uh, high school. Uh, and so, uh, junior in high school. And so. The next day in the newspaper, Austin American newspaper, it said big letters, Swanberg Steals Show. Oh, wow. Art about how I stole the show from the lieutenant governor. <laughs> Good night. That's pretty. So I went, I guess, I guess I'm funny. Yeah. And, uh, those voices, then I got saved March 15, 1971, during the Jesus Movement. And uh, I wondered, man, what can I do to serve the Lord? And, and a Baptist preacher got a hold of me and said, why don't you come speak to our youth group? I said, he said, do some voice impersonation. I said, is that legal in a church? I mean, because <laughs> I didn't, I, I didn't, I, is that, can God use that? And he said, oh, yeah. And then, then you can end up talking about being an imitator of Christ and how that lasts forever. I went, is that in there? <laughs> <laughs> I was young. But uh, so I started off and I, I realized, then all of a sudden, someone wants me to do a banquet. Uh, Baptist life, they wanted me to come do a Valentine banquet or come up there to the Deacon's banquet. And uh, then, I, and when I got to Baylor, you know, uh, I'd do stuff for Parents Weekend, get up there. And I'd, I'd do Johnny Stewart for them and say, Mom and Daddy, I'm glad you're here. Uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful life. It is. And then, you know, I'd keep on going and being uh, when I got to Baylor, all those Baptists, I was raised a Methodist, got saved in a Methodist revival. But when I got to Baylor, and I thought everybody would be walking around going, "Hello, brother, how yeah. are you?" You know, and, <laughs> I, and I got there, and and uh, they they didn't dance, but the girls kissed real good. But anyhow, so <laughs> I joined the Baptist, and uh, next thing I know, you know, with all these Baptists, and they're all going, "Can you do Billy Graham?" Billy Graham. So it wasn't long after that that then I do Billy Graham and I preach all over the world, and we have literature for you, and we like to listen to Jeff Shreve on the radio. <laughs> all over the world. <laughs> so, uh, and I finally met Doctor Graham. You know, like in 2000, I did stuff for him, and we'd be sitting together eating supper. I said, Dr. Graham, I hope you don't mind me imitating you. And he leaned over and said, you can take over. <laughs> uh, another time we were in these rockers. We were rocking there at the Cove. And I said, I was trying to come up with something to say. I said, Dr. Dr. Graham, these are nice rockers. He said, it was my idea to put rockers all over the Cove. People like to rock and spend time together. Ruth and I had rockers at our home and friends would come over. Montreat and we'd rock together. And then, <laughs> like an idiot, I didn't. I don't know why I said this. I looked at him. I said, "Cracker Barrel has some nice rock." <laughs> then I thought, "What am I doing?" Oh, but he was so gracious. He said, "Look, so many people at Cracker Barrel." And I went, "Right, right on." <laughs> but I love Dr. Graham, and uh, and but I would do his voice. And you know, 
I still do him today with you know certain audiences that would remember him because right. we cherish what he meant to us. You know, when I got saved, when I was a junior in high school, when they gave the invitation that night is a Monday night, and I I started, I got it because I'd I'd watch Billy Graham on television, and I can I remember how he said, "We want you to come, and your friends will wait for you." And we've chained all the buses together. You can't leave until you come home. You know? <laughs> I've d- I did that for Dr. Graham one time, and he laughed. So, yeah. Uh, anyhow, he was a great one. But voice impersonation still to this day. I mean, and, you know, everybody's so uptight nowadays politically. And nice. I don't ever try to get a group stirred up or something, but I'll do my Ronald Reagan. Well, yes. Jeff, I remember when I ran for president, they made a big to-do about my age. Uh, said I was too old. And I don't know why they said that, but but I do remember when I had coffee with Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> he was a great. <laughs> so I'd pick on him, and then I'd do my big plan and go, "Hey, uh, let me just say this, okay? If I had met Sarah Palin in college, I'd be a Republican today." So. <laughs> <laughs> Then I go, okay, people, let's move on. You know, everybody's getting all nervous. Yeah. Uh, You know, sad that we can't even laugh together sometimes out there. I mean, everybody needs to, you know, loosen up a little bit and uh, have a little levity. We want that at our home and we want that at our church. You know, Dennis, it's interesting um, from a preaching standpoint. You know, back when when you and I, you're you're just a little older than I am, not not terribly older, but uh, everybody was familiar with the same things back about thirty, twenty five, thirty years ago. Um, you know, if you if you gave an illustration about Gilligan's Island, everybody knew what that was, or Green right. Acres, or because yeah. we all watched kind of the same shows, right. and we had yeah. what five channels to watch from. Yeah. And now it's it's live streaming, and it's you got a three hundred channels or whatever you have. Um, illustrations like that they don't hit everybody like they used to, Uh-oh. and no. uh, it, it makes it a little harder. Yeah, you have to know your audience. So if I'm doing a thing that has a lot of young millennials or Gen Xers, I'm I'm not using those voices. I'm just yeah. I'm using my humor, my stories that relate, you know, mom and dad, you know, brothers and sisters, grandma and grandpa, mamma, papa, me, me, pops, poops, pops, big mama, ga, ga, geeky, uh, you know, in order to where everybody gets on board and, and has a good time. Uh, but if I'm with a senior adult conference, I go, oh, this, I'm going to have some fun. I'm, right. I'm going to bring up some of these old voices and stuff. And they, they enjoy that. It, it, it takes them back and gives them, memories so you have to know your audience you know you know and when i was in seminary in those days in preaching you know you had to learn you you know uh, an illustration a funny it, it needs to it needs to support the message the message doesn't need to support right. the, the humor or the illustration the illustration should open the door for or add to your message. I tell people there's a method to my madness. There's there's a method uh, to my message, but there's a message is coming. So just hold on. And sometimes I'll even stop at the front, and say, "Now hold on. Now I have I've got my Bible. 
but I had, I, I had, I'm gone, I'm going there. This is a long introduction. I said, if I'd preach this way, <laughs> I'd say yeah, but I've made a lot of money doing it this way. So just everybody work with, it, you know, you know, cause you got that one boy in the back. Has he even opened the Bible yet? Right. There's that sweet lady. I haven't even taken a note. Well, honey, t- tonight you're probably not going to take a note. We're going to, we're going to be encouraged. We're going to laugh a little bit. The body of Christ needs to laugh. You know, the, the body of Christ, we need to see at times, we need to see one another when we cry. They need to see when, when, when we're down. They need to see when we're happy. They, they need to see laughter. You know, there's, we're family. And I love it when I see my grandkids laugh. You know, they're mm-hmm. three and a half and two. And they laugh and come running, pop, 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 pop. You know, I laugh with them. I love to see them laugh. I love to see my boys laugh. I love to see my sugar babe, my honey love, my woman, Laurie laugh because i know when she's laughing she's let go of some stuff and just having a good time i love that well how much more so the body of christ there needs to be a balance and where we love to be together for that you know reunion thanksgiving christmas we want that to go well at home we should want that to go well at church every every week so it's important let me ask you this, Dennis, from, from your boys' standpoint, and I, I had the skit guys on last week, uh, Eddie and Tommy. I don't know if you know those guys, yeah. but uh, I asked them, I said, I said, do your kids think you're funny? And uh, they said, well, you know, uh, Eddie told me, he said, I have two girls, 18 and 16. That should answer your question. Um, <laughs> did, did, uh, did Dustin and Chad think you were funny? Yeah, you know, and... This is the way I would know about it. You know, they give me a hard time. Oh, Dad. Oh, yeah, we've heard that one before. We've heard that, you know. But where you find out is when they have their buddies come over or you're taking them all out to eat somewhere. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, my boys are going, Dad, Dad, tell him, tell him about Papa. Uh, tell, him, tell him this one. Tell him this story. And I'm going, well, that man, where he, you know, I, I don't have to dominate the, no, dad, tell him, Dad, okay. And then, so they revealed like that with their buddies, they do like their daddy. They do, they give you the, can give you the hard time because they've heard about everything. Right. But when they want me to do for their buddies, hey, hey, Dad, do, do that, uh, do, do Bill Clinton for my buddy, you know, uh, all of a sudden, they sort of, I, I do like you, Dad, and I do love you, and, and you are funny. And they give me a hard time. I, I, I said, man, I'm always the one to take videos of everybody. You know, what about me? And they said, Dad, we have your we have your DVDs that we'll have when your dad comes. <laughs> Thanks a lot, buddy. <laughs> hey, Dennis, if, um, if we have some people listening, some pastors or some leaders in the church that are— um, that are just discouraged because because of COVID. You know, COVID really knocked every church back, and a lot of churches aren't aren't back to where they were. Um, people have dropped out and things like that, and and for uh, maybe for a smaller church especially, that can really really hurt. Um, what would you say to that pastor? Because I know with you traveling around as much as you do, you probably run into a lot of discouraged pastors that that need some hope and encouragement. What would you say to them today? I would encourage them, even though they may not feel like it, you've got to get back in the groove. And and I know that our people have sometimes said, you know, just call me, don't come by, you know, you know, stay away. 
they sort of gotten used to that. You know, twenty percent probably aren't coming back. But you have to you have to get a new baseline, and we're going to build from here. And how are we going to do that? We're going to go after people. We're going to reach people. We're going to be as creative as we were during the COVID. But we're we're going to go back to seeing people and watching people and calling on people and we don't want to get in their space but we're going to have to go after people again and uh, and be delightful about it be positive about it be upbeat about it uh, enjoyable uh, where folks leave the service that was good oh, I needed that and let the people talk it up and they will talk it up when they see that we are energized we've had the wind knocked out of ourselves as pastors, but we, we've got to get some oxygen and we've got to go again. We can't, we can't quit. Uh, we've got to stay bold and aggressive, delightful, enjoyable. They need to see the shepherd. The shepherd is here. The shepherd is happy. The shepherd is strong in the Lord and uh, gonna have, we need to come back. We miss people, and when they come back, it needs to be delightful. Meet them in the hallway, shake their hand, even if you're an introvert as a pastor. You know, gut it up and for a few minutes, and get get out there with your people. Let them see you. Let them touch you. Let them hear you. Uh, go go to things. Invite people. Have things again. Have Swanberg come in. Have. A- <laughs> a big church day we're going to laugh we're going to cry we're going to be encouraged we need to see each other laughing again loving again uh, doing things together because we need each other we are better together and especially when we can not just cry together but laugh together Uh, right that's my challenge you know and our pastors are my heroes they are my heroes and uh, because they're with all the time I leave they, the next day. You know? Right, right. Well, pastors have a difficult job, and uh, I know that I am naturally an introvert, and I had to learn to be extroverted because, Dennis, just as you said, you, you got to get out there. you got to shake their hand and hug their neck and let them know uh, you're, you're special and precious to God and you're special and precious to me. And uh, I learned from Rick Warren at a conference one time. He said, when you hug people uh, as a pastor— that to them you represent god to them and so that's like god is hugging them not that we're god but but we can really make a big difference as we encourage them in the lord well we're talking to the big swan dennis swanberg uh, america's minister of encouragement we're going to take a quick break i'm pastor jeff shreve don't go away Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, president of the American Pastors Network, a growing national network of pastors committed to the authority of Scripture and preaching the whole counsel of God. We believe biblical obedience is the foundation for revival and impacting our culture for Christ is our duty. For too long, the pulpits of America have been silent on the important issues such as marriage and family and assault on our liberty. Join us in the battle for truth on Stand in the Gap weekend, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio, and visit us at AmericanPastorsNetwork.org. When you hear this, this is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief. 
at AFN.net. Jesus said, Blessed are the persecuted, and they are suffering big time right now. This is Bible League International, and 19-year-old Aria was beaten by her own father and violated by local authorities. You know what her crime was? Simply that she gave her life to Jesus Christ after leaving radical Islam. Now, she didn't grow bitter. She grew bold, and with others in her evangelical church near Cairo, Egypt, they've seen more than 300 come to Christ, but as new believers are pressured to renounce Jesus, they need Bibles in order to endure and persevere. And elsewhere in the Middle East, Pastor Yusuf and a deacon in his church were kidnapped in broad daylight. His family was unable to pay the ransom, so the Islamic radicals, they beat Yusuf and killed the deacon. But you know, in spite of this mistreatment and the loss of his friend, Pastor Yusuf says it is an honor to suffer for Jesus. And that's why we're sending God's Word at $5 a Bible, $100 sins 20. Call 800-YES-WORD, 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 or give it sendbiblesnow.org, sendbiblesnow.org. God bless you for caring. In the book of Isaiah, the word tells us the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. In the same way, without careful planning, your financial goals could blow away like the seeds of a dandelion. It's never too early or too late to consider how a charitable gift annuity can help you meet the financial goals you've set for your loved ones, your causes, and yourself. Give AFA Foundation a call at 800-326-4543, extension 345, or visit our website, afafoundation.net. Let us explain how a charitable gift annuity can help you achieve your goals. As we read in Proverbs, the plans of the diligent lead to profit. Our phone number again is 800-326-4543, extension 345, and our website is afafoundation.net. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. I'm the pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and I'm the founder of From His Heart Ministries. From His Heart is heard every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time right here on American Family Radio. You can find out more by going to fromhisheart.org. And I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jeff Shreve, J-E-F-F-S-C-H-R-E-V-E. And uh, we can connect that way. Well, we're talking to America's Minister of Encouragement, Dennis Swanberg, the big swan. And uh, Dennis travels around the country and in different parts of the world. And he shares encouragement for the body of Christ. Uh, Mary Hart does good like a medicine. Dennis has written nine books. And Dennis uh, wanted to talk about two of the books in this segment, uh, No More Secrets. Uh, No More Secrets is a little different from from the uh, the more Proverbs 17.22 books that you've done. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, No More Secrets is a very uh, transparent book uh, that, you know, where we share, you know, bumps in the road, and my wife's family, my family, our family, you know, our sons. Uh, it's sort of like when I gave the book to my mama, Pauline Bernadette, She's 93 now, but when I gave her the book, she went, she went, I can't believe you told everything. <laughs> I said, well, you know, just want to help people. And, and I said, well, what do you think about it? She said, well, I'm reading it again because I'm learning stuff I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we want, you know, secrets make you sick. Silence is the enemy of healing. 
and uh, we want people to be liberated so that they can laugh again. You know, I want my boys to come to Thanksgiving and Christmas. I don't want them to feel shame or I'm the black sheep of the family. I don't want that for anyone in our family. I want our, I want everyone to come together. I want I want them to be loved and I want them to be free. But uh, you know, secrets. If it's like if you hold a, a you know a beach ball underneath the water, you can hold it underneath there a long time, but eventually it's going to come up, pop you in the face. So why not let the air out of it? You know, confess your sins one to another so that you may be healed. And as Dr. Dobson, when I was doing the uh, interview with him for two days on the about that, he said, Swanee, you have to be careful who you talk to. Well, that's true. You need a confidential someone right. that you can open with, but you don't need to let that cancer grow in you. But it can grow, and it can just rob you of all kind of stuff. So we wanted to help people, uh, and not everyone can write a book like that. Uh, a pastor would have to be careful about that because he's with those sheep all the time. There's some wolves that would want to use it against you, but right. I'm not a pastor. And so if they, if they don't want to buy my CDs or DVDs or they don't have to, you know, but I wanted to help people be liberated. And it's been amazing how many those in ministry as well as the church, they love that book because it helps them. It helps their family, helps them understand their family, and helps them themselves. We all have secrets. And I told people when I finished the book, uh, secrets don't stop just because you finish writing the book. <laughs> right. Secrets every day that yeah. you have to deal with. And you have to confession and, 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 and share with a, a, a key person because love covers a multitude of sins, but I want people to be free. So uh, ultimately, when someone reads that book, No More Secrets, uh, they can be freed up to enjoy life. Right. And that's what we love to see. Amen. Well, you know, I love that book because it's it's raw, it's honest, and um, the bottom line is we all struggle with stuff. And just because you're that's a Christian and you've been walking with the Lord for years doesn't mean that you don't have struggles. And so I appreciate no, you being honest right. in that book, Dan. Yeah, I mean, I'm six, I'll be 69 in September. Uh, I don't look it. I, I, sometimes no. I do feel it, uh, but but I don't care. Uh, you know, we, we all we all fight and have to put on the boxing gloves when it comes to temptations and sins and thought life and everything. No one's above it. We're all in this together, and uh, that's why we we've got to you know take up the cross and follow Him daily and uh, die daily. Because uh, it's an ongoing battle, and uh, so you know you, you never arrive uh, until no. we arrive face to face with Jesus. Right, uh, we're going to be doing battle. And uh, James five sixteen, which is a kind of a key verse for that book: confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. I will just say this, Dennis, from a pastor's perspective, uh, it really is critical for a pastor to have probably another pastor, uh, somebody else in ministry that's outside of your church that you can really unburden your soul to, talk about your struggles, and that they pray for you, you pray for them. They have struggles too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I, I think it's hard for pastors to to feel safe in sharing their struggles. Would you agree? Right, yes, because uh, every pastor has been burned by a friend uh, more than likely. 
And when that happens, he just says, you know what? I ain't talking. I'm never going to open up to anybody, just me and my wife. Well, that's not healthy. Uh, Jesus went on trusting people. You know, his disciples, nobody showed up except John. Uh, they denied him. But he didn't He didn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, he kept on believing. And sure enough, Simon Peter was the one who preached on the day of Pentecost. Mm-hmm. All the disciples died a violent death, you know, except John. Uh, you know, he believed and kept on trusting. So, you know, I have to, I tell men, you have to, ministers, you got to keep, you, you got to build those relationships, and but you have to be careful. You, you, you know, you just you don't cast your pearls before swine, so to speak. That may right. be a strong illustration, but <laughs> you got to have you got to have somebody to talk to. So, sometime another preacher buddy, but ideally, ideally, and these are few, but if there's a layman, a man, a good man that knows how to keep his mouth shut. And it's for you. Uh, I have always thought like Lazarus might have been one of Jesus' best friends. We don't have one word in the Bible from Lazarus, but Jesus loved him big mm. time. I think one reason was because he could keep his mouth shut. <laughs> you mm. know? That's a good uh, point. And, he, and, and, you know, to have a Barnabas, to have a, a Dr. Luke, you know, Luke was always with me. Oh, how a preacher loves to have a confidential friend who loves him on his good days and bad days. Because you know, Jeff, when we lose that guy and have to bury him, that, ah, that's a loss. Because those gems, they are rare. Yes. We love it. My daddy was a pastor's man, old Floyd Leon, 6'2", 220, raised as a sharecropper. My daddy, he said, the man of God, you don't mess with God's anointed. And I mean, <laughs> he, he would stand up to some guy owned a car dealership and said, We're not, you're not messing with my pastor. You know, my dad ran print presses, but my dad was so respected and he loved the pastor. He said, you just, you know, my dad was just an awesome, you know, reliable, trustworthy man. Oh, that's why I talk about Floyd Leon all the time. Mm-hmm. And my prayer is that my grandson will be a Floyd Leon. And they even yeah. named him Floyd. And his name Andrew James Floyd. I couldn't believe that. My wife put her hand on my knee and said, don't say anything. Don't say anything. We don't, you know, if you say something, we can offend them. And, you know, you don't want to offend a millennial. <laughs> and they may not come for Thanksgiving Christmas. I went, now oh, they'll come for Thanksgiving Christmas. They want our money. <laughs> your, your dad's in heaven now? Yes. He died in 2012. And he was a man's man. And there, I tell people when I'm on the platform speaking, sometimes I hear him speak from the balcony of heaven. And most of the time it, he just says, I don't know if I'd have told that story. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. My dad, when I was leaving the pastor, I called and I said, Dad, what do you think? I'm gonna just I'm taking a step of faith. And my dad said, well, I think you're pretty funny. Uh, I wouldn't buy a ticket to hear you, but I think you're pretty funny. <laughs> Well, thanks, Dad. He went, all right, good talking to you. You know, And they were done on the phone. They were done. Uh, that is hilarious. Oh, what a man. You know, a good, solid guy. Man, Lord, give us more men like that that stand in the gap. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's switch gears to to the book that uh, Quinn Stanfield said that this is kind of your signature message, Planting Shade Trees. Uh, oh, what yeah. is that about? That's- 
that's about, you know, the old phrase, planting shade trees that you may never sit under, but others will. And, uh, you know, uh, Revelation fourteen thirteen says, Blessed are they that die in the Lord, their works follow after them. Your legacy follows after you. As Steve Green would sing, may all those who come behind us find us faithful. And we need to plant shade trees for those that are coming after us. Psalm 71 get around the you know verse 16 17 and 18 right in there for us older folks especially that our purpose is to reach the next generation we're to reach all those who are to follow us that's my job until the, i take my last breath and i want to leave some shade trees that will encourage them so i use jeremiah chapter 32 when God told him to buy the field at Anathoth, he said, because one day houses and fields and vineyards, and I added their shade trees, will again be planted in, in that land. It'd be 70 years later before they came back from Babylonian captivity. But when they came back, they had a place to live. Why? Because Jeremiah bought the field at Anathoth, right outside of Jerusalem, and they had a place to stay. And, and you know, he never benefited from that, but others have. And so I want to live in that regard. Uh, I want to plant some shade trees that will encourage, that will bless those coming after me uh, with every fiber in my being. If it's my money, if it's uh, writings or my humor or my stories or my you know, DVDs or CDs. Now that I tell people that don't have a car with a CD, I said, take that car back and get a used one that has a CD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. Or use it for a, a coaster for your coffee, but but I want people to be blessed, you know. After I'm gone, so what you and I do, it matters. What mom and dad do matters. What grandma and grandpa do, it matters. What our kids, I tell teenagers, what you're doing right now matters. You know, when you lead someone to the Lord as a 16 year old, that that has heavenly. Uh, and and one day, one day we'll be sitting underneath that shade tree. Uh, the revelation speaks of. And I tell folks when I'm leaving a, a banquet, I said, I may not see you the rest of my life here on this earth, but I can tell you in Christ Jesus, I'll see you underneath that shade tree. Mm. And, uh, I'm, and and aren't we thankful for the shade tree that uh, Jesus, that God planted on Calvary, as well Amen. as that shade tree in heaven. So, yeah, that's a message I love telling. It's, it encourages people. It's a good stewardship message. It, it helps a church. You know, we've got to we've got to get off dead center, and we've got to do things because we want to be a blessing to those who are coming after us. And that's why a pastor should feel to give his best, so that the next pastor that comes will be blessed by the shade trees he planted. So, Amen. That's a great word. But we're all we can all do that. We can all do it. Right. Well, we all have such a tendency to be selfish, and planting yeah. shade trees is not about me. It's about somebody else. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, when my great-grandpa came from Sweden, uh, he got a piece of land in Texas just east of Austin. He built the house. It was prairie land, and so it had no trees, so he planted shade trees around the house, the barn, the smokehouse, and he died when he was 43. And my grandpa was five, but he planted shade trees that he never sat under. My grandpa did, my mother Pauline Bernadine did, I have, my boys have, and soon my grandkids, I'm going to take them down there. Uh, 
so people get that message. Shade Amen. trees. Plant Amen. those shade trees. And that's what you're doing with your preaching. Love your preaching. I love love your, your programs uh, as I'm well, driving down the road. And uh, you're planting shade trees. And you won't know about them, like I said earlier, till we get to heaven. And Jesus at the big banquet says, Paul Harvey, go ahead. And <laughs> sorry, sorry, page two. And we'll go, I can't believe that. Someone was listening to the radio, and they did it, and now I just find out about it in heaven. But we'll have that for eternity. Amen. For eternity. That's a great that word. Well, Dennis, how can people connect with you? You know, uh, if you want to listen to me and watch me, go to my YouTube, Dennis Swanberg on YouTube. It's a free subscription, you know, and you can watch the swan and i've got my old tv show swan's place a lot of swan's place on there i've got you know sermons on there i've got different places that i speak uh on their routines they can enjoy enjoy that when they get tired of me they just click me off and uh i'm not offended uh but they go to my website dennisswanberg.com and where they can order my books my latest book is uh i did a book during the COVID for men, it's 52 chapter devotional chapters for men. It's called Breakfast Bible and Bull. Every man needs a good breakfast, good Bible study, and shoot the bull with his buddies. Amen. And uh, it's a good book. And uh, you know uh, that no more secrets is good. I tell you what, that'll it's it's good. That'll That's help good for book. sure. Well, we've been listening to uh, Dr. Dennis Swanberg. This is Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. Thank you so much for joining us. And let me encourage you, shine for Christ and share what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. May God use you this day. I'll be with you again tomorrow. God bless.